Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grab Bag, your weekly podcast reviewing games of the Game Pass Collection, bringing you three unique perspectives of ring skill range. I am the one who is sacrificing insanity being on this podcast. Andrew, with me, the one who is the cause of all our insanity, Keith. Oh, hello. And the one who wouldn't even sacrifice a ham sandwich for me, Liz. Hey, guys. And this week, we played Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice by Ninja Theory. Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is a third-person action narrative adventure game where you are playing Senua, who is traversing her way to Helheim to try to bring back her loved one. But going around, was this a gamer pass for you? Ah, man. I, I, I dipped in and out at points. Largely, it is a game. And I and I ultimately am gonna say it is a game. There were some things about it though that at points I was just I, I was I was really curious if this is gonna be a thrilled. game for you because this is a heavy story game and you cannot skip it. True, actually, you know, fun fact: I didn't actually know you couldn't skip it because I didn't try, and that's actually funny thing about it. But you know what it is? Is I love mythology. Ah. So with it being so heavily embedded in Norse mythology, I was I was hooked in that. And so that's actually why I liked the story. For me, it's a pass. I was actually really intrigued because uh, we'll get into it later, but the whole like mental health aspect of it. And um, because there's a lot of, you know, psychosis and things like that in there. And they they talk with people um, in the mental health field and things like that. But for me, because I have an immediate family member who's paranoid schizophrenic and you like hear voices and you see things and all that. So I was really interested and the big thing with the game that I didn't like, it's funny because I always thought like how scary it is, like seeing someone, seeing someone go through that. I was like, it must be so scary for them. But I never thought how annoying it would be because <laughs> those voices, like Andrew's like, you have to play with the headset. <laughs> I couldn't last 10 minutes. I know. And yeah, I remember you came upstairs, you're like, voices. do I really have to play with the headset? You're like, I'm sick of this already. <laughs> and between like that and like, I thought it was kind of gory personally i don't like gore in video games but honestly that was probably one like but the number one reason why like i really started to like dislike the game those voices <laughs> see i was figuring i i was thinking back to ashen and that was why i didn't think you were gonna like this game no there's a lot so of, I guess elements kind of, right. of the game that i liked though you know like I, there are times where i hated the combat and other times where i'm like oh i'm actually getting kind of good at it um, so, I mean, there's, there's, there's things that I like about it. Don't worry. <laughs> so for me, this is a 100% definite must game. I absolutely love Hellblade. There's very little about this game. I actually do not like to me. This, this game is so well designed. It's gorgeous. I love the audio, which is, this is also weird because I like Liz, you always say I am the one that gets annoyed by sounds. You, yeah, you have an auditory thing. They did like... not bother me. I thought it was really cool. I thought they did such a fantastic job with the audio and the spatial audio, actually, to be more specific. This game is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's a, it is an experience. But getting into it, so as I said, Hellblade is brought to you by Ninja Theory. Uh, but before I start, can you guys name the other Ninja Theory game we've played before? I know it because I was looking at their YouTube ah. page before this, um, so I will not answer right was, away. Is it a stealth game? Cheating. No, no, oh. it's it's like a hundred percent unlike this game. Oh, then I don't know. Can think of. It was Bleeding Edge. Do you remember that game? I hated that one, didn't I? Uh, we you a did. lot. Of, we a lot of us didn't really care for it. Yeah, I think everyone hated it because it's not around anymore. Or at least yeah, it's it's no dead. longer being serviced. Yeah, but um. This one thing that's cool. So Ninja Theory, they originally came out with this game. Can you guys guess what year this game came out? I'm guessing Keith, you know. 
2017. Yes, you're right, Liz. Did you look it up? <laughs> no. Yeah, so I'm just game, that good. This game came out in 2017. Originally, I think it was like PlayStation exclusive. Uh, it did eventually make its way to Xbox, and Microsoft loved the game so much that they bought the studio. So Ninja Theory is now a Microsoft studio. And this is one thing I love about Microsoft when they're buying these studios. They still let them do these fun things. So their pet project was doing Bleeding Edge. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. But, uh, you know, it's nice that Microsoft lets these companies do their own little small projects, like Obsidian with Grounded. You know, but that's one that actually is, I think, actually works out better than Bleeding Edge did. I am kind of bummed for Bleeding Edge. It had a potential to be a it good did. game. Yeah, it just it just didn't fan out. It, it, really it came out. I think I think they needed to work on it a little bit more because like it came out too bare bones. Yeah, and and with so many other good similar games in the market, like Overwatch is just that's a hard hard shell to crack. Yeah, but but anyways, they did it well with Sending with Sacrifice. Yeah, to me, this game is. Honestly, I'm close to even calling this game like a, a masterpiece. It is, it is so unique. It is, it's a ton of fun. I, I loved it. So as I said, the story you were playing, Senua, who is a young woman in a not Celtic, in a Norse village who just struggles with psychosis, and you start to learn a little bit of her past and how it actually is hereditary within her family, and she's essentially traveling to Helheim to try to revive her lost loved one, and. Try not to spoil too much of the story here, but you start to learn about her past, how she's dealing with her psychosis, and essentially trying to challenge the gods in order to bring back her loved ones. But as I said, the big component of this game is her psychosis. You know, as Liz was saying, you know, you're hearing these voices in your head, you're seeing eyes, you're hearing, you're seeing things that aren't properly there. And this whole game is really just her internal struggle. But I got to know, what did you guys think of the overall story? I was, I mean, and I think I already kind of said this. I was less interested in the story because I was more in it for the lore. Uh, I, I loved the lore stones and I missed, I think, like four of them. And I was more mad that I missed them because I didn't get to finish the story. Well, did you I beat the was. game? I did. So, so I do plan to actually go back and, and get them. It originally didn't uh, have a chapter select, but it does have one now. Yeah. Well, so that's the thing is I looked it up and it. It, I looked, I found one of the old responses on it and it was like, this is missable. And I was like, ah, oh, so mad. Um, but then I realized after I beat it, I can go back and, and yeah. So like, I actually, I probably will go back and play them partly cause it's a good achievement score not to jump ahead, but it also, I was interested in doing it. Um, but as far as Senua's story, I guess, I, I don't know if I was always paying full attention. I think that's something I do. I didn't realize until about half way through eh, maybe a little less than halfway why i was going to helheim i just knew that i was um so that's probably really? it kind of tells you like right at the beginning yeah like you I have said, a head you're carrying that's breathing it's like oh you're trying to revive someone oh i didn't realize it was breathing yeah at the very beginning the voices in your head are talking about how it's breathing Huh. Eh, well, you know, I kind of shut them out <laughs> so a lot. So. Yeah. See, really I tried to shut out the voices, but also the lore that was going in the background. Because when I, that always happened when I'm actually playing the game. Yeah. And I just had trouble focusing. And so I paid more attention to Senua's story. But I also thought it was a little confusing at times where you you think something's a fact. And then they go back and it's like, oh, no, that's not what happened at all. And so there was, you know, talk about like... The villagers blaming her for the plague, and I think it was Dillian or the other guy. Somebody was saying like, you know, Dillian they're good was. people. They're just scared, which is BS. You don't, you know, 
blame people for a plague and you're a good person. Well, they blamed her because a bunch of people were swimming in a particular river and she sensed that it was a poisonous river. And so she told everyone, get out of that river. And they all thought she was crazy, that she was seeing things. And then when the plague ended up coming to the village, they all blamed so her they, because she knew it somehow. So they thanked her for warning them? Well, no. But it, I, it doesn't make it right. And I'm not – so I'm not defending this. I want to make sure I'm very clear <laughs> about that. But if we're talking about I don't know. You sound place, like you're pro, like, witch trials here, Keith. Come on. Yeah, but that's <laughs> well, the thing. This you is look pre-witch tri- trials even. Is this is, and that's kind of my thing. Is it, Yes, the, the witch trials I think was a more involved actual – uh, concerted effort beyond just a little bit of fear. They used fear as a tool, but I think also what wasn't there like it's either her father or like someone who's like a leader in the village. It sounded like was really out to get her. So by them kind of constantly pointing the blame at her, they built up everyone's fear of her. And so again, it doesn't make it right, but they weren't there. They weren't all doing it because they were bad people. There legitimately was some who were doing it because they were scared into believing it. But you can look at, throw history of this happening. I mean, you can look at the Nazis. Like, they, you can't tell me they didn't know what was going on with those concentration camps. You can't tell me that Nazis, there are some good Nazis. You I'm know? not saying there's good Nazis. But that's what I, I'm saying. I did like, not this say is, the word good Nazis. <laughs> but this is the same thing, though. If you are persecuting someone and you know that they are not cursing rivers, it's, then no, but, you're not a good person. So, for, But they didn't understand mental health in like whatever this was happening they've so, always been crazy people you like walking down the street you can tell like if someone's like out of their freaking mind sometimes like it's, it's always been around it has but it hasn't always been stipulated as like hey that person is crazy there is large periods of time where when when the world revolved around you thought gods controlled the sun the moon every aspect of your life you believe that everything is driven around that spiritual nature. So even someone being crazy isn't, it's not physical. It's, it's some sort of spiritual thing. And they believe that that person is cursed. So Liz, here's a real life example that actually happened to us. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember during our honeymoon, we were in the Bahamas and we rented a scooter. Crazy guy walked by us and was like, Oh no, don't get on those. Those are dangerous. You freaked out, looked at me and said, that's a sign. We shouldn't do this. (laughs) You believed him. He was a crazy guy that just said something. But did and I you say he was bad, though? No, but it, I mean, what if something happened? A good you could person. have been like, hey, this guy cursed us or something. He warned no, us. No, I would never think he cursed me. I would think he warned but me. That's it's like it Final is. Destination. <laughs> like, the person warned them. But I mean, that's, that's, but it's very similar. So you're similar just in a saying that, like that. They're, not, they're not evil, they're just stupid. Well, no, it's just something that you can, in, that. in your mind, you can quickly blame and hook it onto something. But the fact that you're blaming someone so quickly means that you're not a good person. If you're so quick to, to blame somebody for something evil, and like, look what happened to her mom. Not any spoilers, but anybody <laughs> that is capable of doing something, like what they did to her mother, I'm sorry, that's not a good person. But anyways, this I was just pointing this out as an example of like how they switch things around. Because then I think later on they say that she that the village didn't blame her. So, I mean, this whole thing is mute because like I said, I think later on they say that the villagers didn't blame her, right? I believe so. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, that's the thing. There's a lot of this story that is 90% of what's going on is just, is Senua beating herself up because she was like so mentally and physically abused by her father. But that's why I think it's hard to to really get into the story. I mean, I, I got into the story, but to really understand it fully because... 
it's hard to know what is actually real. And then you're also kind of, things are sometimes vague. So for me, I just felt like the storytelling was a bit difficult to understand. See, I felt like that was all intentional. Yeah. Oh, of course. And it was kind of driven to like the point of her her mental illness. Like that's why you were always being lied to. And like Andrew said, like she's beating herself up because there's like these these voices lying to her inside her head. So I, I don't know. I thought like, I thought it was more interesting than anything that things were constantly changing that yeah. I found it annoying. And that's actually one of the reasons I did stay somewhat attentive to it. So for me, I think the storytelling is seriously, this is one of the best storytellings I think in a video game, because to me, like at first it is very confusing because I mean, this, this lady's dealing with psychosis Things are going on. You're just hearing these voices. You know, some are contradicting, some are encouraging. They're just all over the place. And you're like, what is going on? Things are just constantly shifting. Things are burning, exploding, changing. It's like, what? what is this? But the way this game plays, because even too with its gameplay, there's no HUD. Everything about this game is just meant to be so thematic. And I think it nails it. Like, I loved the story. I loved kind of having these flashback blurred visions of either Druth telling you a story or Dillian. And... I also absolutely loved the camera angles that was going on. So this this entire game is done from motion capture. And, you know, Senua is like an actual real-life actress. It, it's a spinning image of the actress. And there's a lot of times where the camera is like focusing on her and she's staring at you. And I loved as you as a player, your your character changes. Sometimes you are seeing yourself as Dillian. Sometimes you're seeing yourself as the actual player and she recognizes you as like the player. You know, there's sometimes where you're some the father or something. I just love the storytelling. I thought it did such a great job. I do want to point out that I did say earlier that I, I did like the story. I could follow along with it. I just thought it was an interesting way that they did it. So I'm just admitting that I really did get confused sometimes where I was like, wait, did I hear that wrong before? But I agree with you, Andrew. I like the way that they did like the different camera angles and stuff. I thought it was it was really unique. Yeah, I hundred percent agree because so many times with gameplay where you focus on playing as one character all the time, it, it gets a little bit drab, just constantly being them. Yeah. And so like those moments where, as you said, I think the ones at most is like the fourth wall breaking ones where she turns and she's talking to like you as the player. Although I, I took it more, I guess, as she's talking to the voice and in a weird way that the whole time I'm playing as the voice, like that's like voicing over the. Yeah, there's one is particular that, is that voice. Dillian's, is it Dillian's sister? No, Did I think I, I think it honestly might be your mother, but there is one particular voice I, that is the narrator, but she also hears that voice. So that's why I think sometimes she looks at you and kind of interacts with you as the player. And that's she, probably more what it is. But I did like that. The the only reason I thought it was his sister is I thought at one point she mentioned not talking to our father. But anywho, that's not really as important. Um, the one thing, and I know we're kind of jumping around because yeah. we do this, but what I hated about the camera angles, they did a terrible job with her teeth. Holy crap, their care. They, her lips are like peeled back too far, and it's uncomfortable. And it's the only thing I don't like. Everything else looks good in this game except for her like lips and teeth. Well, it's weird because her is mouth just is me? open like 99% of the time, right? Yeah. So you you always do see her teeth, which is why I think it's interesting because that's something that I actually didn't notice, but I'm surprised I didn't because I think her mouth, like even when she's 
not talking and stuff. You know, some people just have a set mouth that's open. So I'm surprised that it's like that. And I didn't notice. So so you're saying she's too much gums? It's kind of like, all all the time. It's just, it's too, it's too much because no one else is like that. Everyone else has like a normal looking mouth. When they talk, it moves like a mouth would move. Hers just looks, it's like a mummy. It's, it's, I don't know. It's uncomfortable to me, but I agree with everything else about what you're saying as far as the thematics. We need video of him doing that so that if people know what he's talking about. I mean, just a sound effect, I think people can imagine what he's doing. (laughs) And I know this is jumping ahead as well, but with camera angles, I thought it was the hardest in combat because there were times where I couldn't see that I didn't have any space and I'm trying to dodge. And I think that was really poorly designed where it's like, if you're going to have it so that I can only play within a certain amount of space, even though the space is bigger like, don't make the camera the only indication that, like, oh, I can't I can't move anywhere else. See, to me, the combat was such, like, an afterthought. This game, to me, is 100% a story, and then second partly a puzzle game. And then very behind third is, is combat. But, so I loved the puzzles. That was my favorite part of really? the gameplay. Really? Yeah, I, I thought, thought for sure you would really hate the great. puzzles. I, I was, I was, I like when you just said that. I thought you were being sarcastic. No, <laughs> I genuinely liked the puzzles more than anything. So, I, I, I think you're right. Is that the game or the actual combat? It's, it's so mediocre. I, I still disagree when, when we, when I asked you if it being a little bit souls like because it is very like dance fight, but it's pretty simple, pretty straightforward. All I hated about it, and I, I ended up just changing it honestly to easy by the end, is it just became a slog. Yeah, like, it definitely uh, is. Of, uh, and I'm just sitting there like it's this the sea of corpses fight was the first part that I really started to get annoyed, where it was just wave after wave after wave, and I was so done with that fight. And then by the time I got to Fenrir, that's when I just went screw this, I'm going to easy, and I finished out the game fighting on easy because it was like one hit kill everything honestly i recommend playing on easy just it it, it, the combat's just not that interesting this is all about the story and so for me i recommend playing on easy i i do like the idea of the um what do they call it like auto combat or whatever where i think it like adjusts yeah it has auto difficulty yeah because honestly i think i might have been pushing up to hard because the combat isn't all that difficult to begin with it just gets more slicey and dicey yeah they just become more sponges and that's why it's it's just not fun yeah see i had andrew do a couple of uh (laughs) battles for me because at the beginning i hated the combat and then i really started utilizing that dodge (laughs) and then (laughs) i started enjoying it i think by the end i actually really didn't mind it except i thought like there's a battle at the end where there are just constant waves of enemies and I was doing really good for like a long time. And I'm like, when is it going to end? And then I realized, oh, it doesn't end. Like you have to die. And then the story you keeps gotta going. You got to listen to the voices. And yeah, I guess I wasn't listening to the voices because I had to turn them down because they were so <laughs> annoying. And the only reason why I I know is because I ended up going to a walkthrough and being like, how how long is this? Am I doing something wrong? Am I supposed to do something? And then I, I saw the, the person die and went to like a, a cutscene immediately. And I was just like... That was a waste of time. And my hands were hurting. My fingers hurt. I was doing so good. See, yeah, you really got to listen to the voices. The voices are like, like I said, there's no HUD in this game. So there's no mini map. There's no indicators. You have a mirror on your hip that glows a little bit when you're getting like power during combat. But that's like literally it. 
You have no health bar or nothing. So the voices are literally your guidance. Well, so, you also taught me the freeze. Yeah. I don't think it told me that. I, I might have. I could be wrong. There's a freeze? Yeah. Well, not freeze, but it makes all the enemies go you slow super, down time. super yeah. slow. And it, it's oh, also oh, used yeah. to, if they start to vanish, you can make them whole so you can fight them. But yeah, I... I wish that a voice had told me that. <laughs> uh, pretty sh- I'm pretty sure a voice does tell you that. Yeah. See, you do you know what? It. I just you told me to listen to it with headphones, and I just I physically couldn't. I wanted to yell like just shut up. Well, you know what I liked about it actually. This is in, and I I was waiting a little bit as we got closer to maybe an audio portion. One of the things you'd mentioned, Andrew, is that you typically don't like repeating noises, yeah. and I think that's what they did such a good job. Is yes, there's repeating phrases. But it's not consistently the same three phrases. It is within like a subsection. But as you move through, the voices are constantly changing. So unless yeah, you're just I think there's like standing, four voice actresses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So unless you're just standing in a dead set area for an extended period of time, you're not really hearing a ton of just repetitive voices. Yeah. I kind of disagree and, because there were certain times where like, oh, she's never going to make it, whatever they were saying. I heard the same phrases over and over again throughout the entire game. And so for me, like, that was another reason why I hated it. I already hated the voices. And then it was just like, one of them was like taunting her, but taunting her with the same phrases. And so for me, that was just a, a pass on the I, audio with like, taking off the headphones. It's crazy because that, that's like where... I 100% disagree because I think that's what it made it so like nerve wracking yeah. and anxious. And you're just like, it made me like, irritated. I, was, I didn't feel anxious yeah. at all. I was just <laughs> like, was listen, like, I'm going to shut these up voices tension. up. <laughs> and, and, but you kind of, maybe did. you that's were tense that, though. <laughs> but that's the thing is like, if you would, pro- and I'm not saying like this in a, you know, like if you would just do the game list, but like as you would progress <laughs> and you would like complete things, it kind of would shut them up yeah. because they'd be like, she's never going to make it. She's never going to make yeah, it. Yeah, but oh then goodness, they do she it again. She did it. But then, yeah, but, that, but that's the whole... So no matter like, what, you don't the, shut them up. It just keeps going. If someone's like, taunting me over and over again and them. I keep... No, but if I keep showing them like like I know what I'm doing... Yeah, it is yeah, the point. The voices go, oh, wait, maybe we should be quiet. No, she but I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just saying that like I personally disagree. I think that it was annoying hearing the same phrases over and over again. You can like it, Keith. That's a little weird, I, but you can like it. I mean, we can both have differing opinions. and That's what I just said. Right, and that's fine, but... <laughs> you just get heated with each other. See, I'm with Keith on this. Uh, like, this is surprising. Like, because I did not think I fully agree with you, Keith. I did not think the phrases repeated that often. Now, Liz, the one you're kind of talking about, I think it normally happens in combat. And yeah, when you're getting kind of low health, they will kind of keep repeating of, oh, there's blood. Oh, she's not going to make it. They'll repeat those things over and over again. Oh no, I'm more thinking about when you're you're navigating areas, the ones that I'm thinking of. I uh, see. I found the navigating but, areas. But like, again, I mean, it's not really something like you can. Like, you can say, like, disagree, but, like, I mean, I, it's just my opinion. Yeah, no, and I'm not <laughs> saying, I'm not arguing. I'm just saying, this is, uh, personally, for me, I did not find them annoying. Because, yeah, like, the whole point of them is to kind of give you hints. So there are the times when they're like, oh, she needs to focus on those stairs and fix them. Like, that's kind of telling you and yeah. guiding you what to do. Yeah, but well, see, there's. But see, oh, I ahead, feel this. like I didn't need that. Because, like I said, I, I shut them out. You can see the glimmery bits. Yeah. And so, for me, it's just like, I... I don't really think it's fully necessary to listen to the voices because I beat the game and uh, I, I shut those voices right up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sure. It's not too. that the game is impossible Oh, my gosh. Them. Do you, do you have it's any friends just, who want to play the game? <laughs> they do, they do kind of like a little game of like, 
warmer, colder. Uh, that like if you're listening to them, they'll like start to really guide you in in those directions. But I I go back to even like there was one moment in particular that it was like a dark area and I had a torch and they just started going, the torch is going to go out, the torch is going to go out. I didn't know if it actually might go out. I had no idea. So like I started panicking a little bit of like, I got to get somewhere. I got to do something. It never did. But like almost going back to the scooter thing, like they just said it. And all of a sudden I was like, wait, now do I have to worry about this now? See, I heard that when you were near water and if you went under something, it would go out. So maybe maybe when they were saying that you weren't going down the path that... I was I was literally just walking down a the circular. burial mound. Yeah, the burial mound labyrinth. That one. Yeah, yeah. And, and I did get to a point with water after, and they said something about it's going to go un- out when you go under. But it was like they were just like taunting me of like putting this idea in my head of like my torch is going to go out. I'm going to be left in the dark in the middle. And I was like, it, I'm sure there was others, but that one stuck out to me as like a really cool like, what what's happening? Well, right now? yeah. Also, too, right at the very beginning, like near the very beginning of the game, when you first kind of encounter enemies. You, uh, Senua gets this rot in her arm and this camera pans out. This text comes up saying like Senua was infected with rot. It, it like, as she keeps failing, the rot will progress up her arm. If it reaches her head, your game is over. You lose all progress. And That's so it true, instilled actually. the seed and like this, this anxiety in your mind of, I can't lose. <laughs> Liz I was didn't, freaking no, out. No, I didn't have anxiety because I flat out told Andrew, if I lose, I'm not starting over. <laughs> like, that is just what I'm going to be contributing but, to the podcast. But yeah, but anytime, like, that was a, one of the big reasons, too. She was handing the controller during combat because she's like, I cannot die. I like that you're making assumptions. I just well, <laughs> didn't want to fight. I didn't at that point. I, I did not use dodge and I did not like the combat. And it wasn't even that I couldn't do it. There were many battles before I handed the controller to Andrew. I just didn't want to do it. I didn't like it. But it's funny because the second half of the game, I actually enjoyed it. I actually wanted to fight in the combat. So like I said, it wasn't about me being anxious. I actually had my headset on during like the water thing with the torch. I wasn't anxious because I knew like going underwater, when the torch goes out, I'm just going to have to run really fast and I'll make it. It's fine. So for me, like I didn't think it really added any like anxiousness. I mean, I think it's cool that it, it spooked Keith, but... You're telling me that the game threatening that it was going to delete your save didn't freak you out? No, I, I know. I, it didn't freak me out. I just said that I wasn't going to play anymore <laughs> after. But, but the main purpose, though, is that information is actually completely false. Like, you cannot die this entire game, but every time you do a boss battle, that rot is naturally progressing up your arm anyway. And you see it. Yeah. yeah. So, and death honestly doesn't affect it at all. People have done experiments of dying over 50 times, and the rot does not progress at all. So it literally is this information that the game gave you that is literally just meant to put you on edge and kind of freak you out into like kind of help feed into like the psychosis of the game, which is a really cool aspect. Sorry if I just actually spoiled uh, the uh, thrill of that to some people. I just realized that. So uh, I apologize. Well, I mean, I yelled out, that's not true. Because I had looked it up too, because there was one fight. I think I died like three times and I almost like Liz, I was like, so help me if my game gets deleted I'm not, I'm not, that's not going to happen. This, this is it. This is what I've done. So I'm, I am with you there, Liz. I also, cause we did talk a little bit about like, you know, the audio and stuff. I want to bring up one Keith. I have a question for you, Keith. Mm-hmm. I sh- I played it for Andrew cause he didn't remember. He beat the game previously and he played a little bit this week, but the, the song at the end with the credits, do you think it fit the game? That was the weirdest song choice I could have possibly imagined. It wasn't a bad song, but I just, it floored me that that's a song that they picked for the end. Yeah, it was not, 
so as as many many long time listeners will know, it was not butt rocky. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I did not care it's, it for it. It flirted with with butt rock, but it wasn't butt rock. Like it flirted a little bit. It, it, the guy sounded like he wanted to be Johnny Cash, with kind of like a weird sing talky dark voice to me like, it seemed more like scott Stapp. but you have like this super <laughs> yeah it was like scott Stapp trying to be johnny cash it was it was <laughs> not very it wasn't very good and at points it was just the lyrics were just like a weird you know do you know it's uh stone temple pilots uh no crash test dummies mm. yeah it's like it's like that. He's like explaining things that are happening in a day. I'm like, this is so boring. And all I wanted was for it to just stop. It was a little <laughs> cheesy. I but I think like what, what is weird is that the game up until that point, it's really like Andrew disagrees with me about this as well. I think it's really gory. It's also very dark. And then you have this just like... It, it's not pop either, but it, it with the environment that it's in, it feels like pop. Like, it's such a different mood. It just, it was it was weird for me. No, it, when you played it for me, it really is different. Because on Spotify, you actually, there's the Hellblade soundtrack. And that song is not on the official soundtrack of Hellblade. Nope. So uh, they clearly, I think, didn't like it either. Because the soundtrack is so good. It is. It's and very good. It's weird because before that song too, I, th- I think it's that last bottle. There is a song with lyrics, right? It's like a female singer while you're doing the last battle. Possibly. And it fit though. Yeah. It was so good. And that's where it the song wouldn't have been totally jarring to me because at that point I was like, okay, I've already been interest- introduced to a song within the soundtrack that has lyrics. It's not that weird. It was just not good. It didn't fit anything other than the game's kind of depressing and the song kind of has a depressing sound to it that's about the closest i could make it to (laughs) but thank you liz for bringing that up because yes i hated it (laughs) yeah it it is it is a very odd choice because yeah the soundtrack is is so phenomenal i highly recommend just listen to the hellblade soundtrack on spotify it's really good um i mean just the overall audio is just fantastic i didn't ask you keith did you play this game with with the headset Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I I to me I thought the headset was just they the spatial audio is so good. Just hearing the voices in the back of your head and hearing like enemies when they're behind you. It's yeah, I mean, well there's oh. the Fenrir fight where again, you can get through it without needing the audio cues, but there's like the one like certain parts of the fight where he jumps off screen and you have to like listen for him for where he's going to come from. So the audio plays just such a big part in this game. I do want to say that I, I said earlier, I took off my headset. I still listened to it in the background, just not with the headset. So I did hear when they occasionally, cause like I said, I would block it out, but occasionally I would hear them say behind you. Like I like tuned my brain to listen to that phrase. Cause I think it's really cheap. You're fighting like two guys and like a third one's going to come up behind you. You know, it, it was, it was really cheap, but yeah, the instance that you just gave Keith, um, that was really helpful as well. I mean, it's fairly helpful in the, uh, the labyrinth portion as Keith was saying with the burial mound and you have the torch because you're listening to the cry of the guy. And you got to listen if it's the left hall or the right hall. See, I didn't listen. I had it turned off during that. <laughs> so that's what I mean earlier, where it's just like there were so many parts of the game that I didn't listen to it, and I, it turned out okay. But then there were some times I did listen to it, and it was helpful. So, and then also, too, I want to go back. I do agree. This game is, it's a little, it's gory, but to me, it's not like. 
I, don't I know. hate when people get burned alive. Don't yeah, like with that's, the villagers I thought and stuff. And you hear somebody screaming bloody murder. That's gory. A sea of corpses. It's gory. People having spikes up their butt. That's gory. Wasn't yeah. that the beginning? Like right, like right through them. That's disgusting. I don't want to see that. I don't need to see that. Um, so for me, that's why I consider it gory. But I also don't even horror movies. Like I don't want to see it. I want like the scary suspense of it. Which is weird because we definitely went through a phase of like watching slasher films and stuff. Yeah, it is weird. And I would complain about, Scream. oh, I hate that this is gory, but yeah. I kept watching it. You love Scream. It's one of your favorite movies. I know what you did last summer is one of your favorite movies. So you definitely, you do like some slasher stuff. I know, but I don't, I don't like the gore. I also yeah. think that those movies compared to what's out now, like we were watching one on Netflix and it was like showing like little kids being cut up and stuff. Yeah. So I but think that's like really tame. For, for me though, this game didn't seem like it was trying to be gory for shock value it seemed like it was being gory for like historical purpose. Cause to me, it felt realistic. You're going to Helheim, like the, the little, literally the place of hell for like just the lost souls. And these are people that have been tortured and killed by the Northmen. Oh, and what happened to, I don't want to say, cause I don't know if it's a spoiler, but the, a little bit. Yeah. They flayed. Yeah. I you not do, saying... but even then you don't see like, so someone, there's someone on display as a blood Eagle. So people who know that there is something to, be warned of. But to me, that too wasn't that gory because it was mostly an outline. I agree. And I'm not saying that it's it doesn't... It fits the game. Yeah. It completely does. This is just my preference. Like, I went into it um, I not knowing really what it was going to look like. And so for me, like, one of the first scenes that you see is I'm, like, spiked up. And I was just like, I don't like this stuff. Uh, but that's just personal preference. I, I, you make a very good point yeah. about, like, where she is. It makes sense. Well, there's that, and and it's. I think you were sort of going towards the same Drew, and if not, it's where my mind went when you were started talking about it. Is that while there's all this gore in the background, the fights themselves, as you're cutting up the Northmen or whatever, they kind of just get like little scratch, 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 yeah. and then they just kind of Thanos dust away. Yeah. So it's there's not a like any gore when it comes to the fights, even the boss battles. None of them are very grotesque that I can think of. Like they're either kind of the same style of character. Fenrir is maybe the most unique, and he's not gory. He's just kind of, I don't know, a, a big blob almost. Yeah. Uh, Suter had blood on him, but like that's it. Yeah. But like like you said, yeah, you're not decapitating people. Guts aren't spilling out everywhere. But it, it just, like visually, yeah, there is a lot of. You, you just reminded me of something yeah. about Cert. This is something that just in video games always makes me laugh. You're going up to fight Cert. Cert is going to end the world. He's going to kill all of the gods. He's the most powerful thing in the world. And he's the first guy you fight. And he's not that hard. Um, So I don't know. I mean, I guess ultimately you you kind of go to kill gods too. So you become Cert in a way. But I just always laugh at that kind of trope of like, these are the most powerful beings in ever but there's more ahead of them. <laughs> I know. Yeah. This guy literally leaves Ash in his wake and it's like the first boss. It's like, oh, okay, that was it. I think I only remember like Fenrir. Is that his name? Yeah. And then obviously the final boss, but besides, I don't remember anybody else. See, I will say like, now that you also brought up Cert too, I will say that was the one time I think the audio was a little annoying because his mechanic, it, generally when you go to each boss, they kind of have like an interesting gameplay mechanic. For him, you have to find a burnt sacrifice which you activate 
and it initiates like our chase sequence where you have to run through a burning section, like things are on fire. Oh yeah. The audio of that kind of annoyed me because every time you touch the the sacrifice, it would do these quick flashes of really loud audio, and then it's just constant people screaming. So that was a little annoying, but that's very quick segments. You do it like three times, and they're each like a minute long. See, I actually liked. I liked that aspect because unlike even the Fenrir chase scenes where they were very linear and almost like Liz was saying, they it did take a little bit of the anxiety out of it because you were just like, as long as I just keep pressing forward in a straight, time, straight line, there's no quick time events, there's no real stress, I'm going to get there. The fire ones you actually had to maze your way out of or like remember how you got in and out of places sometimes. Yeah. So I felt like there was a little bit of tension on those and I did actually get captured by Fenrir one time and it is actually pretty terrifying <laughs> that's just another oh, thought i did I too i also i agree with you keith with like the the fire area i because i occasionally looked at a walkthrough and there was one that i died in the fire and i was just like i'm not doing that again so i looked it up because it, it is nerve-wracking where it's just like i don't want my character to be burned like i would feel bad <laughs> so that's why i did the walkthrough i mean another nerve-wracking segment was uh the swamp level when you're finding out about the village that got the plague and they were blaming on you. And there's that segment where you're literally trapped in a maze and there's this like ghost fire figure that's slowly chasing you through this labyrinth while you're trying to find these symbols. Oh, you did that for me. Yeah. You, you, as, soon as, as soon as you saw the thing, you're like, nope, you're doing this. It killed me once and I was like, Andrew. <laughs> but I, I loved the gameplay of this of Hellblade 2, like, that's one thing I loved about it. Like, even though you're doing a lot of the same things, to me, the gameplay just kind of kept changing things up, and it made it really fun and intense. Well, one of the things that actually made me laugh, too, about those fire things, to your point a little bit, is that every time she touched one of the little ritual stones, she seemed shocked yeah. by it. Like, this, what is this event that's happening? I was like, all right. If anything, like by the third one, you should be like, all right, I'm going to face away. I'm going to like touch it with my back turn. You're like, ready. <laughs> Learn your lesson, Senua. That's all I'm saying. I'm also curious if you guys thought any, I know we talked about puzzles earlier, but were there any that you thought were really difficult? Because I, there was one that I really struggled on and it was because I didn't see, like there was a door you can't go through and it says you need to find another way. There was a path right to the right. It was right to the right and I missed it. And I went back over and over and over again, could not figure it out. And I, I blame the, this game does not let you revert back to the brightness screen and so it said make it so that you can't that you can barely see the symbol and i did and then Uh, i could not see anything and so i that path i could not see and so i was just going around and around and around that was the first time i used the walkthrough i and it wasn't even a puzzle but it was during the puzzle that it see i I wish i you caught me that because i've always learned from playing video games whenever they say yeah oh we can barely see the symbol I get to that point and I usually add a couple more points of brightness because you always got to compensate for glare. But a game like that, like, I, well, I was playing it at night as well. Yeah. And it just like, there was one part where I couldn't even see another one that I missed. I couldn't even see where the symbol was because it was dark. I didn't realize I had to light it up. But on a regular screen, you can see the, the actual wood. So if I, if I could adjust the brightness, like, I'm, I feel like you should be able to in a game like this. You should be able to go back and change the brightness. Um, I would have been able to see it. So that's something I think that should definitely be fixed. And I do 100% one. agree. 
because I was looking for that, but that's where you got to know how, know how to find the brightness settings on your TV. That didn't really help. It just made it look more muted. Really? I feel like it. It worked a little bit, but it didn't really fix it. Maybe it's my TV, but I just felt like it was a bit more muted. Our TV is. It definitely old. wasn't. Yeah. It didn't. It might not have been great, but yeah, I was gonna say it. It helped a little bit, but I think I had already. I think kind of Andrew style, like maybe inched it up a, a little bit there, because I I noticed when I was playing that on those like shadow levels all of the uh doors had like a glow to them almost and i think that was because my brightness <laughs> being a bit too high <laughs> so i kind of i would just look and be like oh there's an outline of a door i'm gonna walk in that direction <laughs> nice keith <laughs> so yeah keith so i wanted to ask you i so i remember when i first played this i didn't generally struggle too hard like figuring out where to go like i said this game has no map or hud or anything like that so you really just kind of got to figure things out did you find it difficult to navigate Largely, no. I I thought it was pretty straightforward in terms of, like, I so I I kind of did. I went I went with the standard kind of video game operating procedure is always go left. So that was usually <laughs> my go to of like, all right, I'm presented a path, start left, go there, and then I don't know. I the while there wasn't a map, none of the areas were so large. Like you would kind of have like maybe four main paths and then like one or two that would split off it. I feel like we're some of the biggest ones, but no, I don't think as a whole I, I needed to. There was I think like one or two things that I was like, I know I'm gonna look this up and it's gonna be the stupidest thing in the world. And like one of them was finding uh, one of the little symbols in the world, and I was like, it was in front of my face, and I just wasn't pushing the button the right way or something, and. It's things like that that I'm like, I don't mind looking up because I'm like, I've just spent five plus minutes looking around this entire map. I'm not going to find it. It's not a crazy puzzle, but any of the ones that were like really puzzle driven, I tried to not look anything up for those. I was going to, yeah, because that's going to be my next question. It's how much did you look stuff up? I know Liz, you said you did a good amount. Yeah. And I, I feel like I didn't really need to. It also like, I, I think this is a game that I just, it felt nice like playing it with it felt like I was playing it with somebody it was weird I didn't I obviously didn't enjoy watching the walkthroughs because you know I didn't want to see the game it was because it was gory but I I did use it a bunch it was very helpful but there were some times where it, it didn't help like there was these like passageways that you would light the fires and I try to do the technique like Keith did where you like you pick a direction you keep going that way and but I kept getting lost it was like a little inside maze and you were lighting fires yeah but I was like, oh, I see a fire lit. I was already there, but it still took me a very long time. And I wish that, you know, I could watch a walkthrough and figure out where the guy was going. Man, so if this game score got you, I can't wait till we play Scorn. That's a... Oh, I was not looking forward to that. I, <laughs> I, I, like I said, I agree with you. It wasn't like the worst, but it's just not something I enjoy. There are some people that really like games yeah. like this. But overall, did you, so, did you kind of answer, did you overall find it hard to navigate? I, it was up and down for me. I remember there was one time that you were watching me play and I completed the, the area and I was just like going back and no question about where I was going. And I was like, you're pretty impressed with me right, right now, aren't you? Because <laughs> I have no sense of navigation no, and I don't. was impressed with myself. I, I patted myself on the back, but then no, there were I was times impressed. It was good. that I was completely lost. Yeah. <laughs> so I, it was up and down for me. So, I would have liked a map, but I also agree with Keith that it doesn't really need one. Yeah, I think for me, like it's been a while since I actually first played this game, and from what I remember, I think I maybe looked one puzzle up, 
But overall, I, I think the puzzles are pretty simple. And like that's one thing. Another thing I like the game does give you a hint when you're near the location of a puzzle because you'll kind of start seeing the symbols float around your character. And so then you're like, oh, like the solution's somewhere around here. You saw me struggling with the nest one. Yeah. Where I just couldn't find a specific pathway. That was when I looked up. I know the exact way. It's the first path up, right? Because I was looking and I couldn't find it. And I was like, oh, I can actually just walk forward up this branch. And I didn't think I could. And um, that's all I was missing was just actually walking on the path that was in front of my face. Yeah, I don't know if that's the one you had, Liz, but it was. No, the that's exactly one. It was. I knew it, like I had to be in that area because why would there be that bridge? Why would I open up that area unless I needed to climb up? So yeah, I I felt pretty dumb. So even though you obviously aren't a big fan of the gore, Liz, I also wanted to ask you too because as I said before, this game is straight up motion captured from you know the actress. And I remember you asked me if I thought she was a good actress. Did your opinion change on her at all? Because you did not care for her acting. I, so I had mixed feelings. I don't think she was a bad actress. I just, there was something about it. I think it was because of the way that she talked. And like her face was so exaggerated with like the, the way that she expressed herself. But her voice was like so quiet that it was throwing me off a little bit. But I mean... That, that's her voice. I mean, some people have, like, quiet voices. So for me, it just, like, felt, like, disjointed. Like, it didn't seem like a real person. So I, it is a, when you told me it was, I was kind of surprised. It is a loud face for a small voice. Okay, I thought I was going crazy because it's like, I don't... <laughs> a loud was, face of the small yeah, voice? Yeah, she was very expressive in the face, but then, like, what came out was very breathy. That's that's the word. She was very breathy. <laughs> But I thought she was a, no hate, I, no hate. No, well, because I think independently, they're they're very well done. But I do think you're right. Is I think there's parts where it's like a little bit disjointed on that. But I go back to it's the teeth. It's just <laughs> the teeth. The, the 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 everything about her facial expressions works except for her mouth because her mouth seems glued open, and I hate it. You know, it's it's weird that you're complaining about that because it is legitimately a like designer choice because the actress isn't doesn't have a gummy mouth. Like I've seen pictures of them comparing her face and like Senua's face and they definitely raise her lips and expose her teeth a bit more on Senua than the well, actress. And if it happened sometimes I would get it. Like when she's like charging towards a monster and she's like gritting her teeth, like it would make sense. But half the time she's just standing there and she's going, and it's uncomfortable, and I hate it. <laughs> I am so glad you agreed with me, Keith, because Andrew's like, no, this is great. I Yeah, I think she does a fantastic job. I think she's a wonderful actress. I will agree. There are some moments, yes, that are li- maybe a little bit weird, but I think it's more not even so much her as it is just like Their a choices. designer's choice of like like them writing of how they that, that scene happened. But like as you said, this is you are the only character that's really like – in the game like you're yes you're hearing voices you're seeing flashbacks of some people but you know you are legitimately just following senua so it's all about this actress's performance and i think she nails it like i, I felt invested with this character and her struggle yeah i think it's a hard acting gig too yeah you know what i mean like she didn't sign up for like an easy rom-com you know this is actual like fighting and finding out horrible things about your past and you really have to be like gnarly and and raw and all those kinds of things and so for me it's just like no matter what she did a great job because this is a really hard role to play well not only that i actually just found out because i was researching stuff for hellblade 2 the actress actually suffers from fibromyalgia 
And so like with Hellblade 2, they're trying to really improve the combat. They said that's one focus they really want to fix. So she's actually getting like professional combat training from like a huge hand-to-hand combat guy who did Star Wars and Game of Thrones. And it's from what I've been reading, like she, it's like a struggle for her because like she's going through these trainings, but then we'll do a scene, but then takes her forever to recover because her body's in so much pain because she suffers from fibromyalgia. What is fibromyalgia? It's impressive. It's it's a nerve disease. Yeah, isn't it? it's like yeah, like a lot of it's a lot of nerves are just like tingling and it just like kind of locks your body up. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very impressive, like the struggle that she's going through with this but yeah i think i think she's a fantastic performer yeah i'm glad that she's in the second one because i i know you're I mean, gonna it'd be odd to if they changed the actress <laughs> i know that you can't yeah. she's so distinctive like people would just be like what, what are you doing yeah well if they made it not senua they could but i it, given hellblade 2 is going to be senua yeah but i i in a weird way it, like it almost makes the story that much more perfect of like i mean yeah it's dealing with mental illness versus a physical illness but that she's like fighting through this physical illness for the game is like it it's almost like i don't yeah it's fitting yeah but um but impressive too but did you guys ever see the feature at video of how hellblade was made no. I started watching I, I saw it. it. I just didn't. I didn't watch it. Uh, I recommend I, you guys go back and see it. So it's very interesting. I saw part of it. Yeah, it shows a lot of the motion capture that the actress went through uh, with the combat and everything. But it also goes with them interviewing the. They interviewed, I think, four psychologists to kind of help understand the psychosis of this. And they actually interviewed some of the patients. And the patients, you can hear like them describing like what they go through in a day to day basis with their illness. And like, and how it like kind of how they conveyed it into the game. And I think it's great. I wonder too. So I saw some people online talking about how they thought it was great that they felt like, you know, nobody really knows what it's like to have these mental illnesses unless you have them. And they thought it was great that they were kind of showing the world. Well, then I saw some people that weren't very happy about it, but I was thinking about like who this game is for because my family member, like, you spend so many years trying to not hear thoughts. Like, you're on so many different medications for, like, sometimes, like, decades just to get rid of these thoughts. And then you play a game like this. Like, I'm just, like, would they want to? I, it's yeah, just weird to think about because, like, my family member is a, is a gamer. And he, he said he didn't really remember the game that much because he played it when it, I think when it first came out or a while ago. Um, but I wonder if it would be really hard for, for someone who has, you know, a, a form of psychosis to play it. I assume it probably would be a little bit. I feel like it would be kind of traumatized. Like, even there are certain things that I picked up on the game that I, like, recognize as, like, you know, things yeah. that have been talked about. But It's actually surprising that they don't have any sort of, like, warning about that at the beginning, do they? Like, usually games do when they have it. And not even like as a, it's not even fairly new. That's pretty, pretty old thing. I feel like games have been like, hey, just a heads up. There's some pretty dark stuff here. That is kind of true. But yeah, there is. But, uh, but yeah, I, oh, it's, that is an interesting thought. I, I, I would but curious about. It is one thing I actually just, I do love about Hellblade is this whole aspect of psychosis. Cause to me too, this didn't feel gimmicky. Like it actually felt like, it was very much like, hey, you know, this is a story about, you know, love loss. But the fact that it's like this character has psychosis, it makes it just this whole different experience. And that's one thing I love. I think this game does a great job conveying it, like having you understand a little bit. Wow. Like people who struggle with this 
but, but it's, it's like it didn't seem fake. Seen as a curse in the game, yeah. though. So it wasn't like a, a factual. Like I'm not saying it's not factual, but it's not like a a by the book psychosis where it's like it's actually a story where she is well, cursed. She right? calls it a curse, but her mother calls it a gift. Yes, yes. Um, and, and I and I like that whole aspect of it's all about how you perceive the world. You know, like that's what I, the whole storytelling of it is. You know, people are scared because what if what you perceive is actually true? Then that means what people like don't see means their view is actually skewed and that's why it scares them. It was really kind of a cool narrative of it. And I, I think it was just phenomenally done. Are we going to, yeah, I, 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 I just, I don't know. And I don't know if this is what you meant by gimmicky, but I, I, I don't know. Sometimes I think games get a little preachy and I, and that's what I didn't, or what I liked about Hellblade. Yeah, I didn't think it was preachy that, at all. Is that they did a, just such a good job of like, like by the time it like, again, about halfway through, like it's not very hidden by any means, but like halfway through, I'm like, I'm really seeing like all of this, like really coming out from the surface. I'm like, oh, this is a huge story about mental illness, but I didn't feel like it was like shoved in my face of like, hey, this is a thing. And, and I just always appreciate when a game can like really deliver a message while still telling a just excellent story. And, And I really appreciated that. But, uh, I know we've been dragging on here a little bit too, so I'm going to try to push us forward real quick. I want to talk a little bit about Hellblade 2. I want to know, what are you guys hoping for? So Hellblade 2, obviously still made by Ninja Theory. They originally came out with a release trailer. I do believe the first release trailer showed in 2020. And it was that first trailer I showed you guys where it just mostly shows Senua kind of chanting and it shows these quick glimpses. But this past recent, I do believe it was the showcase where they actually showed a slight gameplay of Hellblade 2. You're still, throwing the torches. Yeah, it does not reveal too much. Yeah, I I think graphically it looks amazing. It looks really I good. was it, it's going to I obviously don't know I've played it yet, but it's going to be a stunning game, I think. And I don't really know what I want from it, but I am intrigued where it's going to go because I feel like they kind of ended that chapter of her life in the first game. Yeah. So I feel like this is going to be like new story um and so I'm a even I, I joked earlier that you know one of your friends can join the podcast for that, but I'm actually really <laughs> curious about what her next chapter is. So, so I had a couple of thoughts. Oh, My geez. first one was the teeth. <laughs> the teeth still were not fixed. <laughs> I'm gonna have to look at pictures because <laughs> it's really bothering Keith and. Because that was the first thing I looked at, and I went, "Okay, so they didn't fix the teeth. There's, that's still a thing." But moving past that, uh, w- what I did see is it looked like some sort of combat elements that changed up and varied beyond just, hey, you're going to swing a sword a bunch. Yeah. Uh, so I thought that was cool. I'm actually hoping that they expand it and really open up. Because this game, because like even the, like Hellblade 1 could have been improved by combat. It didn't need to be, but it could have been yeah. improved by it. Having a few different variations of the weapons, maybe a few different elements, something along those lines could have just, drastically improved it so if they bring that into hellblade 2 i'm in and then i think the obvious one that you see right away you're not alone anymore yeah um it it sounds like the voices are still there so you're not alone in your head either but you're also not alone physically out in the world yeah so i i think that that's going to be an interesting dynamic of how much of this is still the same sinuous sacrifice that we played or is it the same world, but almost a different game entirely. So from what I saw in the gameplay trailer, like as, as we were saying, you know, Senua and a group of guys are going through a cave and you're hunting down this giant 
giants chasing you. You're going through these segments of throwing spears at them and lighting them on fire. From what I saw in this, like I'm very excited for Hellblade 2. I'm, I really can't wait. But what I'm actually curious, I'm curious if there's like a bit of base building or base management. I think it is still more narrative because if you notice in the trailer, she's calling people by actual names. So I don't think you're like getting random blank guys that are coming in. But I liked it that she actually was calling names to the people that she's with. They didn't because like that's really what I hate about games when it's like, oh, yeah, there's other NPCs near you. They're just cannon fodder. They're nameless cannon father. They just get chewed up, whatever. But no, she's actually calling up by name and stuff. And it's it just makes like. makes you feel bad. Even we watching yeah. the trailer. I didn't know who these people were. And she says their name. And just like, oh, man. Yeah. She better do a good job. So it, she clearly is like leading this village or group or whatever. And I think she's taking the fight to the Northmen. But in the first reveal trailer, it actually shows like a Walden city with like a sigil around it. And I'm, I'm curious if that's a city that you're going to be managing. I don't know in what kind of gameplay. I don't think it's going to go full like base management simulator but it definitely seems like you are the leader and you're caring for these people and you're trying to help them wouldn't you yeah i would (laughs) i i could actually get into that and i because i didn't think of that at all um but yeah i would i would be in for it i I think because i oh no no no, i was just to say i I just i can't can't wait for it unfortunately there's still no release date they originally said they were hoping to aim to get the game out near the end of 2022 but there's still only has been that one little gameplay snippet so I highly doubt it. Yeah, I mean, I would, the one thing I was going to say was that I, I kind of had the same assumption as far as the storyline. It was like, I don't know, without trying to be spoiler for a game that's been out for six years, um, the ending seemed to be like she like broke her illness almost, yeah. at least, or like learned to control it, I guess. Where And so from here, now she's like, like the Northmen kind of ruined her. And everything that she loved because of her illness. And now she's going to use that to, like like you said, take the fight to them. So I think that could be interesting, too. Yeah. But Make for some good big battles. The giant at the end, it didn't It seem like she like knew who it was. It asked, yeah, at the very end, that was the last yeah, thing she for said. Her help. Yeah. yeah. So I'm really curious. I mean, I don't want to say any guesses, but I'm like, I'm really curious yeah. where that's Well, I feel like go. for that point, I, I, I could be very wrong, but I, I'm betting that that's probably like almost like the first fight in the game. It probably opened feels like that's like the opening fight where it kind of just drops you in Probably. and then it's going to show you that and then backtrack to why that whole giant knows you or something I th- that's what my money's on i think going into this game not knowing anything about it except for what andrew told me about like that there was gonna you know the mental illness aspect and stuff i didn't know what to expect about this game at all like gameplay graphically anything i think going into the second game i think i'm gonna enjoy it a lot more like i i have high hopes i know that the, this game was a pass for me but i also think that the energy in the second game is just different like this one was just like it, honestly it was kind of sad you know <laughs> uh, i'm not saying the second one isn't gonna be sad but it just it feels like a different energy if that makes sense the second one definitely is gonna be gorier I know, and I'm not looking forward to that, especially because the graphics look so good. <laughs> but all right, but real quick, let's also talk about achievements. Uh, one, I 100% recommend this game for achievement hunters. Uh, time to beat, you're looking between seven to eight hours for this game. And even there's one achievement, as Keith said, that is kind of missable, that is to collect every lore stone, which, you know, we didn't talk too much about that. There's these collectible lore stones that you get that are kind of cool because, as Keith says, they talk about Norse mythology, and it also doesn't edit it because some of the North mythology is pretty gross. So specifically, the one talking about a Sigurd, yeah, uh, ends up sleeping with his sister. Kind of gross, yeah. but uh, I missed that one. Yeah, that's that's good old North mythology for you. But it's it is cool, kind of like at least hearing some of this stuff. Um, 
But yeah, even if you don't collect all those lore stones, you're going to get 900 gamer score just playing this game. Yeah, so. Keith and I both got 900. Uh, Andrew, Mr. Overachiever, he uh, went back. They have the chapter selected, you said earlier, right? Uh, it didn't save my game, so I had to actually go back through it all and oh my not do the chapter select. Which but they do have it, right? Yeah. But um, yeah, so highly recommended for Achievement Hunters. Uh, but yeah, let's get into our final thoughts here. I guess I'll lead us here. So as I said, this is a definite must game. I absolutely loved Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice. It's a ton of fun. I like. I was like you, Liz. When I first got into this game, I heard of good reviews for it, and I knew it dealt with psychosis, but that was about it. I actually didn't know there was any combat in this game. I thought it was more just meant to be a narrative game. The combat is very minimal. Uh, I do think the combat's not the greatest, but the storytelling, the the graphics, the audio is just absolutely top-notch. This game is just, it is a very unique experience, and I think it's a lot of fun. I think you'd just be really missed if you did not play this game. For me, this is easily a 95. I just, I can't wait for Hellblade 2, improve the, the, the fighting a little bit, and could be a 10 or a 100. Oof. That's, that's a hard score to follow. <laughs> um, I don't know. I It's so funny because, like, I think it was by the end of it, I was just so tired of the fighting and and it's fixable because it's just just turn it on to easy and it doesn't matter there's no penalties for it but i I don't know i don't like games that i just kind of just take out an aspect of the game and so that really takes a lot out of it for me so it's it's where it loses a lot of my my score but that said i I really don't have anything bad to say about it. I, and I think everything's amazing. The soundtrack, amazing, except for the weird credit <laughs> song. The the visuals are incredible. The teeth are awful, and that is the rest of my score. I, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm actually looking forward to it. It's so funny because this game has been sitting on Game Pass since just about ever i think it was one of the first waves of games that got added to game pass and i've never picked it up until now and i'm kind of i don't know i'm glad i did and i'm glad i waited and i'm not glad i waited in, in a weird roundabout way so i definitely think it's worth a play and yeah i am interested for the new one 89 and it should stay there because I'd give it a, it's a microsoft studio game yeah I'd, i it would push 90 or better if, if it weren't for the teeth but <laughs> do you know what my score feels just low now because I wanted to give it a 78 for like a personal score. Like That's I, fine. That's the whole purpose of this for podcast. Me, it's personally I, for you. I li- started liking the game more at the end, which is really rare for a game. Usually you like it and then you start to be like, oh, I don't know. So I didn't know what to read because if at the, I'm reading at the beginning, I hated this game, you know, um, and then I, I saw so I just I was very confused about what I felt about it. I. I think it's a, a good game for what it is, but I just really had trouble getting past the voices and the gore, which I'm sure you guys are still hearing about. And then <laughs> um, it was also like a little depressing sometimes. I don't know. It was something about it that I think I think I don't like the second one better. But overall, like I, I think it's a, a good game. Holy crap. You wrote down the entire review. No, I didn't. Okay. I printed it out because... So our fourth and silent co-host is, <laughs> is back. It was a page and a half review. So, um, Xbox One scores 88 and 8. Um, all right, yeah, fourth and silent co-host. He did not give it a zero. What do you guys think he gave it? It's Norse. Three. I don't know how the, I don't, I don't know how the French feel about Scandinavians. I'm going to say one. 
Um, it's a two right in the ah. middle of you guys. So I went under though. I went. <laughs> I Google Translate like I couldn't even fit it all. It was I had to do it in in segments, and so I printed it out and just like you know. Um, so I'll do a couple little snippets. Uh, even at the end, we only assume what happened, and it it is only at the end that we take the measure of the trauma experienced by our little Sunua. If we had known earlier, we would have had more empathy and we would have understood why she hears so many voices in her pretty little head and why she is missing a few boxes and why the light is not on at all floors up there. That, to tell a story, Hellblade is downright crowded. So to supposedly talk to us at the same time about, in quotations, mental illness. So frankly, yeah, yeah. This guy's... And I really hope it's Google Translate. That he's saying like little Senua in her pretty little head. Yeah, like, that's all. Little... She's a, a warrior. What are you doing trolling on the internet, sir? <laughs> um, <laughs> ooh, I'm sassy. Um, <laughs> however, the intentions are. Oh, sorry. Hold on. However, the intentions are there, but we note, for example, dialogue straight out of a surprise bag or a horoscope of the genre. In quotations, accept death with joy and anything and everything will be fine. And I did think it's interesting that he said that the puzzles were not easy. He struggled with that, I guess. But in one last thing, um, referring to the game, it must be taken without any real connection to some psychosis or other depression, paranoia. And then he just keeps going on. So I think it's- this guy apparently is a mental, mental illness expert. And he's just like, no, this game's not accurate. <laughs> like, what? I don't know, but it's weird that he gave it a two, which is a very high score for him. He dropped an F-bomb in here, too. He also clearly didn't understand the story. He said we only understand her psychosis from the ending. No, they explained it from the beginning that it was hereditary. But also, why can you not have empathy for somebody hearing voices unless you know their previous trauma? Like, you don't have empathy for people when you don't know their full story? This guy's a clown. And, uh, yeah, the F-bomb, by the way, was when he was talking about the puzzles. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, um, it was really, really long and interesting. I cannot believe it's like it's almost a page and a half of yeah. a review. That's that is impressive. I, 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 I don't know. What a great way to end this. <laughs> <laughs> and it on a real positive note. Ah, uh, but anyway, let's wrap it up here. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. We hope you guys enjoyed this. If you have any game suggestions, please, we would love to hear it. RetGameBasketballGmail.com or Twitter, GBGBpod, or Facebook, GBGBpod. Or if you just want to say hi, we always love hearing from you guys. We greatly appreciate it. I've been your hardcore gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird0952. I've been Keith. Mm, Yeah, I liked this game. (laughs) You liked the game of the story. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy, right? And I'm Liz Anoob, Gamertag, Common I'm Dean, and I'm on Twitter at Liz Noob IzzyW. And you did not like this game. <laughs> Do you know what? I feel like the more you guys talked about it, the more I felt bad about like what I was saying. No, this is obviously the whole purpose of this podcast is your whole personal opinion. Not every game is for everyone. But I, I feel like the the reasons why I didn't like it wasn't because it, I thought it was a bad game. It was just a bad game <laughs> with bad opinions. All right, everyone. We love you all. We hope to see you again next week. Bye, guys. Bye.